0: You are listening to chapter 17 of Steamy Stories. I am your host and author, Jen Wadke, and we are reading the erotic novel, Tokyo Talent. Sorry if you missed me last week. I got hit with a flu that was going around the office and was completely unable to talk for 20 minutes straight with a scratchy sore throat. So I'm sorry for the break, but let's get right into it. We are on chapter 21. Gabrielle makes a scene. Shun had agreed to go to Kenta's to talk, but getting him out of the car presented a challenge. He had changed his mind. "'This is a terrible idea,' he said. "'You agreed. We're here. I'm parking and you are getting out.' It was unusual for Gabrielle to drive, but she'd insisted. It was a subtle way to demonstrate to Shun that she was taking control. "'No, let's go home.' Gabrielle clamped her lips into a thin, angry line. She was pissed at Shun, pissed at Kenta. "'They'd both made mistakes.' Shun's an unintentional betrayal, Kent is a cold, furious silence. But what made her crazy with fr- frustration was their stubbornness. They refused to even attempt to work out the problem. Whenever Gabrielle was in a bad mood, they forced her to deal with it, whether she wanted to or not. Now that she wanted them to work things out, they dug in their heels and refused to listen to her. There was no way in hell she was going to let them get away with this bullshit. We are going in, she said. No, I don't want to. With a swerve and slamming of brakes that almost put Shun through the windshield, she parked, unsnapped her seatbelt, and turned to him. Get out of the car. No, this was a bad idea. I shouldn't have agreed. Let's go home. Gabrielle snapped. You will get out of this car. You are acting like a child. This needs to be dealt with tonight. Shun didn't move to open the door. He turned his pleading eyes on her. Normally, she would soften, but she was so furious that it had the opposite effect. So help me, God, Gabrielle said, if you are not out of this car within 30 seconds, I will get out and cause such a scene that it will be talked about in Japan for years. He rolled his eyes. Fatal mistake. She flung her door open and walked into the middle of the street. Kenta lived in an elite residential neighborhood, but it being Tokyo, it was still quite densely populated. On this warm evening, plenty of people had their windows open. I am a virus super fan, she yelled. Then she started belting out the lyrics to a virus love song at the top of her lungs. She didn't hear the car door open and close, but when Shin grabbed her, she stopped singing. What is wrong with you? He was aghast at this very un-Japanese public display. Less than what's wrong with you, she said. Are you ready to go in now? Yes. He hustled her toward Kenta's building. Oops, my screen flipped. He hustled her towards Kenta's building before anyone identified them and pressed Kenta's buzzer. Kenta's voice was scratchy over the intercom. I'm not sure this is a, such a good idea. Gabrielle started elbowing Shin out of the way to respond, but he held her back. Kenta, canceling is a very, very bad idea. Gabrielle is out of control right now. You need to let us up. Kenta didn't reply, but the long, high-pitched whine of the buzzer indicated he decided to let them in. Gabrielle entered the apartment first, Shin trailing behind her. Kenta embraced and kissed her in greeting, then looked at Shun and nodded. Right let's get this air cleared gabrielle said she headed straight to kenta's booze cabinet since they started dating kenta had upgraded the quality of the wine he stocked as per usual she picked the most expensive bottle of red and uncorked it she poured only one glass and drank deeply kenta and shun looked at each other then gabrielle where's mine kenta asked that's a great bottle pour me one too shun said you don't get any until i decide you've earned it and i want you to both be stone cold sober when you talk this shit out they looked at each other again, not saying a word. Okay, said Gabrielle. I'll help you get started. Shun, getting photographed in the gallery was hella bad luck. I think the intrusion on your life is wrong, but I understand why Mori was so angry. I understand why you chose that moment to tell him about Kenta's abilities. But your timing makes it feel like you threw Kenta under the bus to get negative attention off yourself. At that, Kenta nodded. Kenta, I don't really know what your problem is because you stopped communicating with everyone. I think you feel betrayed by Shin telling Mori, but from what I gather, your album is sounding fantastic, Mori's put you with the best people, and for the first time ever, you are recording completely free and unrestrained. That's true, people are already raving, and it's not even done yet, Shin said. Thank you for the compliment, Kenta said. It feels good to be able to sing freely, but I don't like that I was forced into that. Shin bowed deeply and offered the most formal of Japanese apologies. Kenta opened his mouth to reply, but Gabrielle stepped in. She knew Kenta would accept the apology, but she wanted them to talk it out. That's the start, she said. Go into the living room and talk. Don't come out until you've made up. But you can't do it too fast. You have to talk for at least 15 minutes. If you come out before then, I'm sending you back in. After 15 minutes, there might be some of this bottle left for you to enjoy. I'll be in the study. Come and get me when you are done. Without waiting for a reply, she took the wine and her bag and headed into the study, shutting the door behind her. She flipped open her laptop and began working. After 30 minutes, there was a knock on the door. Come in, she said. It was Kenta. We're done. Please come join us. She packed her laptop away and picked up the wine, heading to the kitchen. Shun sat at the island, waiting. Kenta took a seat beside him while Gabrielle refilled her wine glass and took a sip. "'Can we have some of that now?' Shin asked. "'Not yet, Shin. Tell me what you've learned.' "'I learned that sometimes my enthusiasm is a problem for the people around me. "'I get too worked up and into the moment and forget to consider how my actions may affect others. "'It had a slight recitation quality that Gabrielle chose to ignore. "'Just because I think something is fantastic and wonderful doesn't mean the people around me think the same way. "'I need to consider other viewpoints.' "'Kenta, what have you learned?' Gabrielle asked.' I learned that Shin is a child with impulse control issues. Shin smacked him upside the head. See, I rest my case. Kenta, what have you learned? Gabrielle asked again. He rolled his eyes a little. I learned that despite sometimes making bad decisions, Shin doesn't have a malicious bone in his body, and he would never deliberately do anything to compromise me, virus, or you. Good. So you've kissed and made up? Not literally, Kenta answered. Yes, Shun said, but there's something else. What? Gabrielle asked. The misery on Shun's face made her nervous. What else could there be? I agreed to break up with you if Kenta wasn't as good as I told Maury, he said. Both Gabrielle and Kenta looked at him in astonishment. You believed in me that much? Kenta asked. Shun nodded, but his eyes were on Gabrielle. She took a sip of wine, let it dance and skate over her taste buds while she thought about Shun's words. I'm not going to lie, that was hard to hear, but I'm glad you did it. I also have that much faith in Kent's singing ability. You're not mad, Shen asked. No, I understand the depth of your convictions because I hold them too. And there's been enough anger and hurt and recrimination the past little while. We don't need any more, especially when I believe your intentions were good. She went to the cabinet and pulled out two more wine glasses, splitting the remaining wine between them. To all of us, she said. To all of us, Kenta and Shun said. The three clinked glasses. Gabrielle let Kenta and Shun savor the wine. Now that we've hashed everything out and are feeling all warm and fuzzy, she said, let's set a date for Shun's education. How about Saturday, Kenta suggested. Works for me, Gabrielle said. Yes, Shun said. Gabrielle smiled. Can't wait, she said. Chapter 22, Shun Bottoms. Gabrielle's anticipation for Saturday grew with each passing day. She, and Kenta too, Shun had reported with rolled eyes, had been teasing Shun all week about his upcoming education. The term wasn't quite accurate, as he pointed out every time he made her come that week. So you're saying I need to learn how to fuck, he'd asked, head buried between her legs as she'd screamed out her second orgasm of the morning. She hadn't been able to reply just then, but later, snuggled into his chest, she'd explained, Kenta and I want you to experience bottoming psychologically you might be surprised by how it feels and what it entails once you experience that it'll give you a perspective so that misunderstandings like the gallery won't happen again or at least happen less and yes i know that i fucked up in the gallery too i'm a bit nervous he'd said totally understandable i think you'll have fun but whether you want to do it regularly will remain to be seen she said he'd looked blank even if i do who would do it I'm up for this experience, but having Kenta join us is an occasional thing. I mostly just want to fuck you. She'd laughed and patted his cheek. Oh, Shun, I can't wait for you to get schooled. It'll be good for you. When they arrived at Kenta's on Sunday, there wasn't much in the way of niceties. As soon as Gabrielle and Shun were inside, shoes and coats off, G- Kenta started issuing orders. All right. To the bedroom, Kenta said. Kenta, you are not in charge here, Gabrielle informed him. I am. You will top Shun as I dictate. Copy that, Kenta said. Gabrielle stepped toward Kenta and wrapped her arms around him. She kissed him long and hard as his hands slipped around her waist and snaked up her back. She didn't let it go on for long before turning to Shun. She kissed him too. Today is all about me, she said. We're going to give Shun some new experiences, but it's so that he can see what it's like to be controlled. Kenta, you're a bit of a teacher today, but ultimately, you're training Shun how to pleasure me in a way that's new to him. Any questions? I don't dare, said Kenta. Am I allowed to speak? Shun asked. For now, she said. To the bedroom, both of you. Once in Kenta's bedroom, Gabrielle alternated between kissing Kenta and Shun. Both men took a passive role, waiting until she gave directions, either physically or verbally. She turned her back to Kenta and pressed her ass into him, putting on a show for Shun. As Kenta's mouth worked her neck, his hand slipped down her belly into her pants. With one finger, he stroked her clit. When she felt a pleasant dampness, she ordered Shun to strip. He obeyed, precise in his movements. He untucked his shirt and unbuttoned from the bottom, slowly revealing the abs Gabrielle so enjoyed. The shirt fell to the floor and he kicked it aside. Kenta's fingers lazily teased her clit. "'She found something so powerful in watching one man "'while feeling the other's hands on her. "'Shun moved onto his belt buckle, "'the metal clinking softly "'as he pulled it free from his pant loops. "'The buckle clinked as it joined his shirt on the floor. "'He slipped his pants off, leaving only his boxer briefs. "'He stretched languidly. Gabrielle gave him a slow smile and encouraging nod. "'She never got tired of looking at his body, "'so fit and strong. "'She especially loved his arms and shoulders.' every muscle fiber defined. Turning sideways, he hooked his thumbs into the waistband and slid his shorts down his legs. She took a moment to appreciate all the squats and lunges he'd put in at the gym. As Shun turned back to face Gabrielle naked, Kenta pushed a finger into her. She gasped in surprise. She'd been focused on Shun and not what Kenta was doing. He had one arm wrapped around her waist and his other hand moved in and out of her. His lips were at her ear, grazing her lobe, talking just loud enough for shun to hear he really does love watching you take it almost as much as you like being watched kenta said gabrielle extricated herself from kenta she surveyed both of them making a show of thinking about how she wanted them you gabrielle said to shun lie down shun settled himself on his back on the bed and waited you gabrielle turned to kenta get out your gear while Kenta began assembling his toys, Gabrielle dashed to the kitchen for a bottle of wine and glasses, then lit candles in the room. She loved how the light played on skin and created an intimate atmosphere. She rested a hand on Shin's shoulder for a moment, thinking. She walked around the bed, trailing her fingers down his side, stomach, thigh crease, quads, shins, and toes. That's a stupid line. She selected a length of rope from Kenta's pile. She laid it in her palm, made a fist around it, and ran her hand up and down it suggestively silky she said to kenta nice choice she handed the rope to him before we go any further i want to check safe words we all know them but to be clear red is stop immediately yellow is i'm close to my limit go slow we all agree shun and kenta both nodded okay then tie his hands kenta not over his head stretched out to the sides i think kenta took the rope from her he moved to the side of the bed and sat down he didn't say anything to shun just held out his hand Slowly, Shun extended his arm fully out to the side and rested his hand on Kenta's knee. Without breaking eye contact with Shun, Kenta slowly wrapped the rope around Shun's wrist and tied a knot. He slipped a finger between Shun's skin and the rope and then made a quick circle around Shun's wrist. Gabrielle got a little wetter as she watched Kenta tie Shun. "'Explain why you are doing that and what his role is,' Gabrielle said as she uncorked the wine and poured three glasses. "'The inside of the wrist is sensitive.' I'm checking to make sure there is room for you to turn your wrist in the rope. If you can't do that, it's too tight and could damage your nerves. Your role is to tell me if anything starts pulling too tightly and to turn your wrist so that the brunt of any strain is against the outside, which can take a lot more abuse than the inside of your wrist. Shun, do you understand? Gabrielle asked. Yes. Kenta ran his fingertips along Shun's inner arm, teasing the sensitive skin, his other hand holding the rope taut, forcing Shun to keep his arm extended. His fingers danced all the way up Shun's shoulder, then traced up the curve of his neck. One finger traced the outline of Shun's mouth before moving back down his arm, this time tracing his bicep, which twitched not from any physical strain, Gabrielle was sure, but from excitement and nervousness. And we are in the middle of the chapter, but we are going to stop there because I'm just a tease like that. Make sure you tune in next time to catch the rest of Shun's education. I'm Jen Waki. Thanks for listening, everyone.